This is the Defenders Podcast on TV Podcast Industries, and this time we're talking about Moon Knight, Episode 5, Asylum. Oh, Mark, what you've been doing is so difficult. I'm so proud of you. Reliving these kind of traumatic memories can be so painful. They look and feel so real, and you have been at it for hours. (laughs) Great work. It's really, you've been peering inward. Looking deeply into all of the moments that make you, you. Welcome back, fellow Defenders. It is I, Chris, and you're listening to the Defenders Podcast on TV Podcast Industries. We're talking about Moon Knight Episode 5, Asylum. The question is, are they locked in with us or are we locked in with them in this madhouse that is a ship? Uh, uh, Who knows? It is an ethereal plane, a realm, but we will delve into all of those questions and more. When I am joined by my illustrious co-hosts, gentlemen, please introduce yourselves. You weren't waiting long for us to join, Chris. Uh, I'm one of your other co-hosts, Derek. Yes, hello there, fellow defenders. I am your third and final host, John. I am wildly vacillating between sense and nonsense. You know, I was, as always, yeah, as usual. I yeah, guess. I was thinking of creating a new tagline for our podcast that says that we are wildly vacillating between sense and nonsense, because that's what <laughs> it feels like sometimes, uh, particularly on a show like Moonlight with so much going on. So I was going to say, so Derek, you're sense, I'm nonsense, and John is in the middle vacillating between. Yes. That could be it. Okay, that, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> or that, nonsense, Chris. Or nonsense, I should say, yes. <laughs> I am the bridge between sense and nonsense Oof. on the podcast. I don't know about oh, that, John. That's, that's a, I think Charlie is the bridge. <laughs> you are very clearly sometimes on the nonsense side with me. Mm. Yes, yes. Our, our wonderful podcast could be, uh, yes. could be bridging the gap. Yes. <laughs> um, but there's a lot to discuss on this episode because mm-hmm. it, uh, it is a penultimate episode, and uh, it is uh, our uh, illustrious ever flashback episode, mm. um, and flash forward episode. Who knows? Um, there's definitely some hints about the future of the MCU in this, which we will discuss much later. But gentlemen, should we get into it? Absolutely. But first, don't forget, fellow defenders, if you want to pop on over to TV Podcast Industries, you can leave us a voicemail or you can send us feedback to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. If you like what you hear, don't forget, you can like and subscribe, share, hit that like button and all those things in between (laughs) on every good and evil podcast catcher, consu affiliated or not, um, on the normal places. Don't forget, if you are listening on Spotify, rate us. Although jazz, because it does help with our visibility, but let us jump into the episode details. Derek, do you want to tell us who gave us what? Well, the executive producers of the show, once again, Kevin Feige, Louis Desposito, Victoria Alonso, Grad Curtis, Brad Winderbaum, Oscar Isaac, Mohamed Diab, and Jeremy Slater, the director of this episode, once again, Mohamed Diab, doing a great job on this episode, a, a yeah. wild episode uh, with so many different locations, so much, so much CGI going on, so much, so many big moments and another realm realized here, basically, within, in this episode. So very cool. Well, spiritual plane or ancestral plane. Oh, no, the ancestral plane is a different place. Yes, it is. The ancestral plane is in uh, Black Panther. 
Yes, yep. and, and, and they talk reference. about yes. ancestral planes. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Uh, the episode was written by Rebecca Kirsch and Matthew Orton. Uh, Rebecca worked with Jeremy Slater on his show The Exorcist and on 12 Monkeys with the Picard showrunner Terry Matalas. I knew sometime during this season we'd be able to find a connection between <laughs> Star Trek Picard <laughs> and Moonlight. We've got it. Finally. I know, finally. finally. The only connection for the last eight weeks has been we're covering it on our podcast. <laughs> That's been it. So, uh, so yes, Rebecca Kirsch uh, formerly worked with Terry Battles over on 12 Bookies. Uh, Matthew Orton uh, previously wrote a movie called Operation Finale about the search for the person behind the Holocaust, which starred Oscar Isaac and the wonderful Sabine Kingsley. Excellent. Uh, two, well, now two Marvel alumni. Absolutely. Two very yeah. big alumni for, yeah. for Marvel. Yeah, that's uh, so quite cool uh, that he's working with uh, Oscar Isaac again for this Definitely. show. Definitely, yeah. John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for Moon Knight Episode 5, Asylum? Sure. After their murder at the hands of Arthur Darrow, Stephen and Mark are stuck in the afterlife with the Egyptian god Tawaret. This afterlife is a death barge en route through the Duat that resembles a psychiatric hospital. It is filled with their lifetime of memories. In order to pass over to the field of reeds, Mark and Stephen's hearts need to balance a feather on the scales of justice. Otherwise, they will be condemned to the sands of the duat. But Tauret thinks the oscillating scales are because of missing pieces in each of their lives that is holding them back from balance. Mark has to reveal the most painful of memories to Stephen. When they were children, Mark's brother Randall drowned in an accident, but his mother blamed Mark for his death. As their mother sank deeper into alcoholism, she took out her pain and anger on Mark, which led to him creating Stephen Grant, based on the fearless adventurer from Mark and his brother's favourite movie. Without any protection from his father, Mark used Stephen to shield himself from the abuse until he left home and entered the army but he was kicked out and took a mercenary job with his commanding officer, Bushman. On a job in Egypt with Layla's father, Bushman ordered everyone in the expedition killed. Mark was unable to save them, and injured at the foot of the statue of Khonshu, decided to take his own life. But Khonshu saw his potential and convinced Mark to give himself over and become his fist of vengeance, his moon knight. As Stephen learns of their past and the truth of his mother, he tries to absolve Mark of his anger, as he was just a child. This almost brings their hearts into balance, but with time running out, Tarot tries to help them get to Osiris's gate to get a message to Layla to save Khonshu and in turn save them, as she sees other souls not yet properly judged being condemned to the sands by Harrow. But as time ticks on and the scales are still unbalanced, other souls from the sands come to claim them and bring them into the underworld. Stephen succeeds in defending Mark, but is dragged into the duet, and Mark's heart is balanced as he arrives at the field of reeds alone. Massively emotional episode this time in episode five. I think uh, I had to watch this a couple of times because... There's some very, very affecting things that happen in this episode, and they're really, really well put together. Um, But I don't often do impressions. (laughs) 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 But there's been so many great Stephen lines throughout the season, and I do think his pronunciation of Twera 
is fantastic. Tora, come over here and give us a hand. I love how disrespectful almost it sounds to this Egyptian yeah, god. Exactly. I don't know what it is just about that that uh, that London accent that he does uh, when he's calling Tora to help. Um, but it, but I just thought that was a funny moment within uh, quite a, a, a serious episode where we got two major origin stories um, told in here, plus this massive, really complicated mythological story of what's going on in an afterlife in the Marvel in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So uh, I thought it was a fascinating episode, though. Absolutely. I mean, just crazily good, you know, really deep emotional storytelling, mm-hmm. a, a Marvel parent that I guess nobody would want in that situation. Another one. The, yeah. the origin, as you say, of Mark with DID mm-hmm. with... The creation of Moon Knight, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it was just fantastic. It was absolutely fantastic, um, for sure. Yeah, loved it. Yeah, it was a tough watch. Um, I'm interested to see, like, can Oscar Isaac get away with an Emmy on this? Can we get two? Because technically, it was two performances. <laughs> That's um, true. Yeah, like technically, because he possibly acts, a third. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. Um, but no, for me it was it was it was a rough watch. Yeah. Like they go into some very dark places. Um and but in my opinion, in my again I will talk we'll we'll probably talk more about it, the creation of Steven. The limited knowledge I have, the cursory knowledge I have of DID from mm-hmm. a surface level reading of and from what we've heard from other uh, people on the Moonlight podcast, Into the Night, the Moonlight podcast with Ray and some of the DID discussions there, a very well thought out, well reasoned approach on what the, the DID is mm-hmm. and the creation and the, God, just everything. Although I will say one thing with the creation of Moonlight, where Khonshu says, you shall be my Moon Knight. I literally went, ah, they said the name of the show. <laughs> um, literally, it was just like, I was like, okay, because he, 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 he's my Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, no, that was just too on the nose, that one, but it was, uh, it's fine. Overall, yeah. Absolutely loved it. Yeah, it would have been good if he did something like, you know, you're you're protecting the travelers of the night, the mm. people under the moon, you are my moon knight. If, yeah. If he'd said it like that, but it did feel like um, you are my moon knight said it like it came out of nowhere. But again, remember, as the story goes so far, as we know so far, Mark's not the first ever moon knight. That's the title that Khonshu bestows yeah. on his avatar. Exactly. So, uh, Harrow has been his moon knight in the past, effectively. So it's not like he was making it up on the spot right there. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, you are my um, and Mark moon knight. Ne- <laughs> and, and Mark needed to know what to call what himself call him? when, he got, when he got his band. What am I? Yeah, what he, am I? Exactly. He needs to create his business cards for the Midnight Mission when he eventually <laughs> yeah. gets there, so he does need to know his name. Yes. With razor edges. Right, well, with those razor edge discussions about to happen, see, segue, let's jump into the discussions itself with our usual full moon, half moon, and total eclipse points. Mm-hmm. Gentlemen, let's jump straight in to the first Full moon point, Dr. Harrow. Who wants to take this one? Well, I guess for these um, three points anyway, I'll probably be uh, 
vacillating uh, violently between sense and nonsense, <laughs> exactly. uh, depending on whether I've managed to get it clear in my head and through my notes. But I mean, mm. you know, we do at least see here, it almost feels as though this is the most grounded part of the the episode, actually. You mm. know, there's right from the start, there is this talk that it's the Putnam Medical Center or Institute in Chicago. Yep. And, you know, the, there's that, very doctor-patient conversation happening between Dr. Harrow and Mark, mm-hmm. talking about the the reassuring fantasy that you're somehow a superhero. Um, you know, asking him, how did you get here today? So it all felt very medical, very yep. psychiatric ward. Um, and then it you know, moves through into the different elements with Tourette, with the talking hippo, uh, but also uh, with um, the memories, yeah. the duat. And and so, th- yeah, this weirdly to me felt the most grounded. And I think that's on purpose. I think it's not supposed to be weird. And that's why it's the unreal one, because it's the yeah. one you're supposed to accept as being exactly. the real uh, experience that Mark's going through. Um, so... I, I do like it, and I must say, once again, we've mentioned Oscar Isaac being a great actor throughout this season, but him doing his this other character completely different to what we've seen from Harrow, I think he's fantastic in this uh, in these scenes with his little uh, Ned Flanders moustache. A bit of a, a, a Stanley? A little bit, a little bit. But yeah. I, I like that Stephen calls it out as being a Ned Flanders moustache. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they own The Simpsons now in Disney. They can make those jokes now. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I mean that's that's why I say weirdly because it's in total contrast to everything else going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, even you get that great line from Mark saying, "Wow, these meds are amazing," and <laughs> because for him, in that initial sort of return back to um, Mark and Stephen screaming as they confront Tarette for the first time, mm-hmm. and, and after some of the dialogue. He he starts talking about Doctor Harrow. It, that's the bit that feels kind of that makes sense yeah. all of a sudden. Yeah. Uh, even though he'd just been trying to escape it in the last episode, mm-hmm. and you have Stephen saying, "Oh, he's a doctor now." You know, not really understanding because he hasn't really accessed that side of it. Yeah. And of course, we we see later where um, Stephen is with Doctor Harrow, mm-hmm. uh, but he is. Um, an infrequent uh, visitor to Dr. Harrow's office. Mm-hmm. Again, probably the, this, the, the notion that's running through this of what Mark was trying to keep from his other, from the identity of Stephen mm-hmm. uh, in, in that sense. This was a really nice counterpoint to everything going on, even though it was more than likely if not certain, it was the one thing that wasn't happening. Yeah. 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 The um the one of the interesting thing is did we get Jake there? Did we get the third personality? There was a like there was a hint of one of the bits where there where where yeah. whoever was in bo- parted within Mark's body, whichever identity was in control, that there was a third accent I very much felt yes. on show. Yeah, I think the, there's a specific scene where uh, what we think is Mark picks up a 
a, a really pointy um, pyramid, yeah. a glass, a glass pyramid, I guess, from the table and tries to stab himself with it yeah. to take him out. But he's saying something like, I feel like a million dollars, I'm going to get myself out of here. He says something like that. And the way that he says it is, doesn't sound like Mark's accent. It sounds like a new yeah. accent. Yeah. But there's also a nod to it earlier on. There's a fairly famous comic book image um, of the character where he has a plaster across his nose. And that's yes. the first time you see Mark. Has, he has a plaster across his nose. So we could have seen Jake just there as well. So yeah. um, that's possible as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Even... Because of that one memory that Mark sees with the taxi in the background. That's true, yes. I also thought that was potentially one of the other times that we we see uh, Jake as well. Absolutely, because Jake is a taxi driver, for yes. those of you unaware. Uh, Jake's yeah. the taxi driver character. So, uh, so that, was a good, that was a good little nod as well. It's entirely possible. I still wonder whether we will get any reveal of Jake in this season. It's possible that Mark will now come back out in some way in the final episode because that's you kind of have to have that confrontation and maybe jake is the one on the other side waiting for him rather than steven for the final episode or will it just be a post-credit scene where we see jake to lead into the next appearance of mark in the future i I don't know but i wonder whether they'll have enough in the final episode to introduce this third identity well that's true and it's I guess it's going to be the challenging thing for this episode of our podcast in that we have these three distinct points, but so much of this is intertwined. Mm-hmm. Whether we'll be able to stick to them is another matter entirely. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, because we have them going to Osiris's gate in order to try and contact the gods, or, or at least make some kind of contact to Layla so that she can get yeah. Conchu and free him so that yeah. he might be able to bring back Stephen and Mark mm. um, or one of them. Uh, and I do, because I, I do like Towerette where um, she, she just says, well, you could, but you're still dead. Um, you mm. know, when she says, can you get us back? She says, even if that were possible, if I did, you'd still have two bullets in you and be dead. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, this effectively, there will be supernatural elements to how they come back yes. to the real world. But in the same way as we we see anyway here uh, at the tomb of Khonshu. Mm. Um, I'll, I'll come back to when, when we talk about the, the creation of Stephen, I'll come back to why I believe Jake will show this season okay. um, because I think there's a rationale based on what we see in that point. It's why he, he'll come. Absolutely. In in terms of this, in terms of the Doctor Harrow, the the asylum bit, and the the getting to the 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 getting to the gate and having to balance the scales. I like this. This leans into Egyptian mythology, but doesn't it doesn't expect that you have to understand everything. Yeah, like, absolutely. like they, they very much spelled it out in a nice way. They like nice drop to the Black Panther mythos in the, 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 the ancestral plane. Mm-hmm. Lovely this time of year kind of thing. The yeah. purple, uh, for those who may not remember what it is, it is the purple, uh, plane that, uh, Black Panther goes to when he yeah. sees his ancestors after he drinks the juice of the, uh, heart shaped herb. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where he goes and he sees his dad and stuff. So that's yeah. that plane. And it's basically saying that there is multiple planes of the dead for each of the different mythologies. And there's, yeah. so one very cool thing about that is by admitting that there's multiple planes of the dead, 
there is multiple planes of hell, mm-hmm. and therefore we are one step closer to Mephisto. <laughs> <laughs> he's coming. He's yeah, coming. he's coming. They're they're basically <laughs> laying it up here. anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it it is really smart, isn't it, for for Marvel to to do it this way? Um, this belief that there is an afterlife is uh, really well defined here. That this is just one. They look whatever way you want them to look. This one happens to look like a psychiatric ward, and Tarot's kind of going, it's a new one for me. <laughs> I haven't seen one like this before, yeah. but there are many different forms of the afterlife. I'll just roll with it, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, absolutely love Tourette, um introducing them to the afterlife, uh, reading out from her cards. Uh, Welcome, weary traveler, or travelers, actually, <laughs> on the road. Uh, love her going through her process of, uh, of guiding them <laughs> into this. And then skipping forward and just going, not that one, not that one, don't want it. Okay, so here we are. Like, you can literally see her doing it with flip cards going, no, 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 no. Aha, Papyrus, this one says this. Just a really good way of, you know, having this character and it being accessible. I mean, you know, because you could have gone quite sort of formal and Mm -hmm. and so on. But the tarot was great here. I mean... Just the turn of phrase, a bit like with Stephen's turn of phrase as well. It was just felt really kind of sort of natural mm. um, and, and fluid. I mean, it, it's where she's, you know, that they're thinking all of a sudden that maybe they're not dead uh, and that there's some way back. And she's just like, sorry to bake your noodle, but you're actually <laughs> quite dead. Um, <laughs> and it was just yeah. really really well portrayed um Absolutely. in terms of from the voice acting by Antonia Salib and um, really really just it bad. fitted it just yeah. fitted so yeah. so well it, it's difficult to describe but it, i think adding that comedy in this moment uh yeah. in this episode um was important because of quite how dark it went Absolutely. into Stephen's creation uh, and also with the the creation of, of Moon Knight yeah. as to what happened. I mean, as where they access those memories, uh, I guess we move on to our half moon point. We can, yeah. Uh, yep. Which yep. is Mark's memories. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the creepy calf with all of Mark's sort of kills as yeah. um, the fist of Khonshu mm-hmm. and as a mercenary, but also as a child. I mean, that moment where Stephen's like, why is there a child in the room with all your kills? Mm. And he doesn't recognize his brother effectively as well. Then this is where it's the compartmentalization that's happened of what Mark is um, keeping from Stephen Mm -hmm. and what Stephen absorbs that Mark doesn't um, want to feel. Want to feel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So let's quickly jump into the the, the, the main beats of the overall origin, right? So mm-hmm. uh, Mark is blamed for the accidental death of his brother by mm-hmm. his mother, yeah. who takes it very badly, yeah. probably has some uh, neuro uh, issues that cause depression that therefore leads into this huge level of abuse yeah directed at mark throughout his childhood from when the accident happens all the way up to when he leaves and between that point of when he actually leaves the home um and goes off to college 
um, and uh, the military. He, um, the creation of his personalities, his additional identities happens as an escape from the abuse. Mm. We, we learn the, the name of Stephen Grant comes from the film they watched as a kid with, they would both play as brothers. And it's it's even the tagline. Like I really, I really love that. When danger is near, Steve Grant has no fear. Yeah. And that's, that is the crux of why Stephen, the Stephen identity forms uh, because of the abuse from his mother. Um, And it's not just from his mother, weirdly as well, because as he's leaving, he challenges his dad to say, you should have been there. Absolutely. Because yes, his dad is still doing the, the birthday parties, even though uh, yeah. his mum refuses. I mean, can you imagine how that would feel yeah. as a, a 12 year old or, and, and younger? Yep. But he's not doing anything to prevent it. Um, no. And so the, this, so Stephen is formed to be that shielding identity and to prevent it well that is part of the interesting thing and i think chris you were might have been alluding to this earlier on with the possibility of jake's identity also being formed around this time um mark actually explains that stephen's identity is formed to hold the memories of when his mother was a good mother someone that loved him treated him well was still alive as he says a bit later on um so Stephen's not there during the abuse. The abuse. No, that's true. Yeah. Mark also isn't there. Yeah. Mark and Stephen are outside the door when the abuse is happening. So potentially Jake is a third persona is, who is yeah. taking the abuse, which is, oh, what a thought. Yeah. So that's exactly what, so we, so we think back, we've seen with the, the images of, what we assume to be this third personality, the third identity, is in a sarcophagus, mm. violently shaking with rage and anger and yeah. frustrate whatever frustration in the sarcophagus. Mm-hmm. We have um, the another one where Mark and Stephen uh, find wake up back in Egypt after uh, violently killing a number of people, mm-hmm. and it was like, wasn't me, wasn't me. So there's a very violent, and then there's this other one where we potentially the the bandage where this person is ba- beaten and battered and bruised. Yeah. So my assumption is that the person who was getting the abuse, the per the identity that took all that abuse, that took all that pain, that yeah. beatings, is this third identity in Jake that is just pure rage violence abuse like for everything it is just it's the hulk it's the hulk essentially it's nothing but just violence and i say hulk and it's just rage it's Mm. violence steven has the pure memories yes and jake it gets the full force of his mother's anger blame wrath um which ultimately is what it seems to get to um, you know, I mean, it, it's even just that moment where she says, you know, she feels as though he always had planned for something like that to yeah, happen. She says, like, it, it's just proper, um, kind of abusive, um, projection of yeah, what's happened she, onto the 12 year old. She says, 
you knew he was my favorite, you must have always been planning to do something like yeah. this to him. It's yeah. so destructive of, yeah. of Mark. It's such a, a a really emotional scene to watch, and I think everybody plays those roles really well. Like, um, even as you say, the fact that his father sits back and does nothing and covers up for mommy who has problems kind of thing. You see him eating breakfast another day and his mom's walking past with a bottle of whiskey and giving out to Mark. You know, she's yeah. she's gone. She is Definitely. she is in no way fit to take care of children at that stage. And that's before we see any of the further abuse happening. Like she's already being abusive verbally to him on a regular basis. Absolutely. And I think as well as really um just fascinating that kind of reflects all of this is in terms of how we see that relationship of the two identities between Mark and Stephen, at least Mm -hmm. Uh, they, you know, with, with Stephen locking the door behind where he accesses effectively Mark's memories that he has never had uh, any knowledge of that have been kept from him. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's that and i mean there's that sequence where he goes there's like three flights of stairs that he goes up Mm -hmm. and and it's different moments in the life and i just found that really really sort of heartbreaking heartbreaking and, and just superb in terms of how it was done like thematically conceptually going up the 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 stirs of their home yeah. into different situations uh, at different times in a sense the levels didn't make any sense because yeah. it, but it was just that notion of going through that kind of you know the the library staircases of someone's mind yeah that was really really good and um but also that Stephen is angry with mark but as he's accessed more and more of the memories and begins to understand the reality of what has been kept from him, that you get to that final moment with um, the death of their mother, with the Shiva, Mm -hmm. um, and you see Mark breaking down on the street, um, and where he takes off the head covering and and he, he... pounds his fists into it and you mm-hmm. see Stephen you know coming to absolve him to uh, say it wasn't your fault yeah um you're only a child you're only a child yeah. exactly it was really really good i mean strangely as well because of the stubble <laughs> speaking of jake yeah i actually thought this was potentially jake yeah. as well same when i first watched it because of the stubble because of the bloodshot eyes, mm-hmm. um, which I guess is from crying and grief, but also and it the is the first time doing. that we see the head covering mm-hmm. uh, being worn by um, by Mark, Stephen, Jake, um, mm-hmm. and 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 so I was just wondering, oh, is this another distinction that they're trying to sort of put in? But I think it is ultimately Mark, because then it goes to Stephen in the street mm-hmm. uh, were then Stephen sees the memory of getting the address wrong and being lost uh, yeah. because mm-hmm. on the phone to his mother. And when in fact 
the house is there and the shiver, the shiver is happening yeah. uh, there. Did you so, see the interesting thing? This was the first time we saw the phone and the phone has just the standard uh, apps on it. So it's there's no... They, previously, we wouldn't, we hadn't seen the angle of the screen of the phone. Right. Typically, a phone call looks like a phone call on most iPhone or Apple or Android devices. Like mm-hmm. it's all the same. But this pre, this does this had the app icon still there because he just took it out of his hand, yeah. his pocket, and put it up to his head. So there's nothing there. Yeah. And we actually see that. So the little little touch like that. Absolutely. It's just it was beautiful. Yeah. Um, this was tough. In all aspects of this, mm-hmm. um, I have a lingering question about the death of his mother. Mm-hmm. How did she die? Yeah. Uh, I think that they, they, I, I don't want to go. Did Jake do something? And that's what like there's something yeah. even crazier. I don't. Or, I don't think it's don't that. Think, I think she yeah. just literally drank herself to death. Like that's Probably. the thing. It, it it's that he's never come back to that relationship with his mother. We learned from Layla that they never mended their um their relationship. Yeah. Um, so if we piece that kind of section of it together as well, uh, Layla stopped seeing Mark about three months ago, somewhere around that. She hasn't seen him in, in eight or nine weeks is what she says in that first episode, in that first phone call. That's when his mother died. That's this scene in the street when he's standing outside his mother's house. It's it's about two months ago is what he says um, to Stephen and says that's the point when our lives started to blend together. So uh, So it is literally the death of his mother is what's put him on the path to being Stephen and protecting himself from all those horrible memories of of his mother oh. and her death and all that kind yeah. of stuff. So I took that slightly differently because he said when they were looking at the Moonlight creation part, right, which is the reason he left the army was because they don't employ people that go into fugal states. Mm-hmm. Um, so well, I he, was, he, he basically went AWOL in a fugue state, yeah. Yeah. So I assumed at that point that fugue state was the death of the mother because that were more often and that's where that. But okay, it makes sorry, I missed the two month on the the, mm. the mother scene. So that just means every now and again Stephen would pop out exactly. due to for whatever reason. But the the lack of control that the more it became more prevalent over time or from the death of the the, the mother onwards. That's where there was no control. Where more Stephen blended more often. Took control. I would. I took it that it's Mark basically saying, "I gave over the body to you because of losing my mother. I can't. I can't handle it. So I'd rather the person who's in control is someone that still thinks she's alive and can still live that lie and can still have the happy life." Like he says, he wants Stephen to be the one to have the happy life, who's protected from everything, who doesn't have to deal with any of the bad sides of life, all those negative emotions and negative things that Mark's had to deal with. So I feel like he's just allowed him to take over um, and then only comes out when he needs to punish and needs to be the, the fist of conscience. And, and, and that is the memory that they view that is where it the the two identities bleed so that mm-hmm. Stephen in watching it he sees mark and then all of a sudden he's watching himself mm-hmm. yeah and it, it it you know we do, we don't see that kind of bleeding happening in others they're fairly distinct yeah. but in, in this moment as you say where he's transferring to and the identity of Stephen is becoming dominant, so that in that world um, and that reality, 
his mother is still alive and none of this happened, yeah. then, but this is where it clocks for Stephen in watching these memories because he sees then right outside, he has the context of what's happened with Mark mm -hmm. and then sees himself wandering around right next to the, his family home as though he doesn't know where it is. Exactly. Which is, you know, it was just, I mean, I, I just think this is so well done, so well written. Um, feels, just structured really yeah. well through the episodes because yeah. I mean I have to say after watching it the first time through I said got to watch that again in a sense and at the heart of it this episode actually is really simple in terms of the backstory mm. it's a backstory but it's textured it's layered it's meaningful and yeah. um, and it, it's it's just really so um just kind of just so well done again with oscar isaac um changing around here you yeah. know there's that moment where mark just confronts that kind of almost like icebox memory room where his mum is stood looking out through the window it almost looks like she's in a freezer uh where she's kind of quite white very stern just looking at him and it just takes mark aback mm. yeah. when he's trying to find a door in which to go through that he can connect back in with Stephen after he's been locked out of the original memories. It's just a, like those moments like that, that kind of interject into this, yeah. uh, which was just really, really good. Um, then sort of exploring this, yeah, this, this memory, the, the, the memories, um, yeah. are on the, in, on this plane in this afterlife. Um, yeah. 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 yeah I'm really happy with the way, a that Marvel, Marvel Cinematic Universe, the whole so taking into account like, and in my way, in my head, Spider Man, right? And they're they're the the way that they're telling origin stories now. If you think that like Spider Man's origin story was across three films theoretically, mm -hmm. um, and Moon Knight's is heavy and it's a heavy one, but told in a very unique stylized way that is just very um, it it it's thought provoking in many aspects mm -hmm. and i think that's just they could have just gone the very simple mark was a mercenary mark was he here's the the here's the shoot up at the the egyptian dig site here's bushmaster dun 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 yep there you go that's mm -hmm. how moonlight was created and on we go like they decided that they took more focus on the create that it's not Moon Knight. Moon Knight is Moon Knight is Mark Spector, Stephen Grant, and Jake Lockley. Like he is the the he is the identities within there. Like that is who Moon Knight. That is what this story is centered on. Mm. Whereas, so they're taking a different avenue on it. Yeah, and I like that, and I like the fact that it wasn't just your basic flashback episode. Absolutely like, not. Yeah. It was it was told in a fragmented way mm -hmm. where you literally had one person consistently pushing back. You had the mind, even themselves, pushing back in the form of Dr. Harrow. Yeah. Like yeah. it was consistently going, No, 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 we don't want to go here, we don't want to go here. Yeah. Um, like that that heartbreaking moment where Stephen admits that his mum is dead. Yes. To absolutely. Dr. Harrow. Yeah. She says, don't call her, don't call her, don't call her. Why? Because she's dead. Yeah. Like that, like you can yeah. see, and like that's why 
That's why you get an Oscar Isaac. Absolutely. For this 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 type of like, because I always like okay, he's Poe Dameron from Star Wars. He he's like he is these other characters, and I've seen him in certain films. I've like mm-hmm. Ex Machina. Like you can Brilliant. see, he definitely has got these chops. Yeah. But it wasn't until, and I'm not saying just because it's Marvel, but it's just this is one where I've seen him. Like yeah, like he is one of our like, he's a national treasure. He's an international treasure, I should say. <laughs> Uh, in this case, he really gets to flex his muscle in the show. You talk yeah. about the scene where he where he accepts the death of his mother as Stephen, but there's also the moment when he doesn't want to let Stephen see the pain that he'd gone through as a child, and you and you hear him screaming, going, "Don't make me go back and look at yeah. that! Don't make me do that!" As Mark, so a, another character, two completely different characters played completely differently, both going through this intense pain in the episode, and both played excellently by oscar isaac there's also one other nod back to dr harrow john you mentioned it earlier on just as part of what you were saying where he was say, he was saying oh you're living in this dream world where you're a superhero and we get the other origin of moon knight himself in the episode here as we kind of mentioned a little bit but we get the the point that um mark is shot while trying to save the expedition um from bushman bushman his former commanding officer killing Everybody around him, Mark tries to save them but doesn't succeed, crawls his way into the Temple of Khonshu and is about to end his own life because of, again, the guilt and pain that he feels about once again not being able to save somebody, um, which is all connected to this history that he has. And that's what I really like, that little extra layer of what's happened here in the creation of Moon Knight. This creation is almost exactly the same as the comics. This is, um, I think he dies underneath the statue of Khonshu and then is brought back to life in the comics. I'm 100% certain that's what happens. Here, he's actually been shot and wants to end his own life. Yeah, and, he, and, and he's given a choice by Khonshu. Exactly, but the extra layer that's added in is Khonshu sees his broken mind yeah. and coerces him into accepting this position as his fist of vengeance yeah. um, so that he can continue to seek out bad people and take them out. He, well, that- he sees inside what Mark's motivation is and uses it against him. Um, I love that instantly Stephen looks at him yeah. and goes, hang on a second, he's taking advantage of you right there and then he's been taking advantage of you right from the start. Yeah, exactly, so, yeah. exactly. That Stephen recognizing seeing mm. it and saying it was just really, really good. Yeah. I thought, yeah. yeah, it is. It's really, really good. And and also, what I got the second time I watched it was this is a form of magical power almost. This communion between Conchu and his avatar, because if you notice, Conchu says the exact same phrase to Mark twice, and Mark has to say yes to it in order to become Moon Knight. So it's almost like this magical union where he must agree to the TNCs before becoming Moon Knight, Uh, his fist of vengeance, his protector of um, the Travelers of the Night. Um, I really like that because it is, it it, it almost, not to belittle it, but it is almost like a telemarketer calling you up and going, right, do you agree to the terms and conditions of this? And then you don't say anything, so they repeat them again and go, do you agree to the terms and conditions of this? And you go, yeah, okay, to get them off the phone. Um, It's almost a little bit like that. But but I do like that it, it seemed like, the only way Khonshu can get his avatar is if 
he gets a human to agree to this exact specific spell, let's call it, yeah. for, for want of a better word. Yeah. No, agreed. Um, I, I, I'll put in one Easter egg now, um, if that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Don't Layla's, do this on the podcast. <laughs> Layla's father, uh, the doctor, uh, uh-huh, yes. Abdul Farul. Yeah. So in the comic books, uh, Abdul Farul, Farul uh, is a superhero named the Scarlet Scarab. Um, and in this, they've had, they've name dropped him as the father. They've, um, but on his dead person, um, he has a scarlet scarab scarf. It is like fully embroidered. He has a brooch. So that's I the think scarf it, that Layla made him. Yeah, wasn't that's it? the scarf. Yes, exactly. And he, and he called her his little scarab. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So they're making nods to his superhero identity um, of within the comic books. Mm. Now, in the comic books, he was the protector of Egypt. He had like superhuman strength, flight, blah blah. Right. He had the usual. Kind of Captain America with a bit of flight thrown in, right? Um, and it was fun. He could drain people of their powers temporarily, a bit like Rogue back in the day, that type of thing, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I don't think that's where they're going with Layla on this. I, I, I think it is. Um, I think it's just a nice nod right now. Yeah, it sets it up for the future if they want to basically as a tease for season two or three or or for wherever the late the next the next appearance of these characters. Mm. Maybe we don't get a, maybe it's a limited series. So maybe we don't get a season two. Maybe it's the next film. Um, but it's a nice little nod where they made it very odd. They hung on the doctor long enough that you could see. And it was position centered. I was like, okay, yeah, you've made the nods before, but here's a very, here's a, did you see it? Did you, did you get it? Huh? 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 It was a, yeah. I love that temple as well. I love it with the Oh statue. my god! Like it felt yes. properly like epic. Absolutely, there's a cool shot of it. Yeah. Just as uh, as Mark and Stephen are looking up at the temple, and it's quite far away, but you can see the statue of Khonshu perfectly yeah. picked out in the light from coming down from above. I think it's fabulous design. Really, really cool. Yeah. yeah. No, hundred percent. I think that's probably everything about Mark's memories overall. Do you think? So anything else from Mark's memories that we haven't talked about? Anything we haven't pulled out? Not that I can think of. I'm sure there might be, but mm. um, certainly, like that's, I think that's the main kind of thrust of of, of what's happening here right. uh, yeah. with with these memories. Well, let's go um, on to the aptly named third point: yes. the total eclipse of the episode. Definitely yes. the boat battle and uh, Sandy Stephen. I'm which sorry. sounds like a pop group to be honest. Mm. Or you know, it's like Shaken Stevens, <laughs> but it's Sandy Stevens boat battle um, and or Sandy something Stephen. like that. I like it. Oh, well, I've got. Grease in my head with "Look at me, I'm Sandy Stephen." Okay, um, or something like that. <laughs> I'm, I'm really sorry. My reaction usually to uh, to <laughs> being really down and quite depressed after watching an episode is is to get a little bit uh, to go a little funny. So I think that's why I call him Sandy <laughs> think, Stephen. It yeah. is a very emotional moment in you itself. Went but crazy. <laughs> but the battle itself that we have on the Death Barge uh, with Tarash, um has some really interesting moments in it in itself. You know, um, there's the the change of Tarette. She wants to help 
Mark and Stephen. She yeah. is there to carry out her job, which is effectively to balance their hearts with a feather, which is if they do balance, then they're able to go on to the next afterlife on to the, the their final destination which is the the field of reeds if they don't balance they fall into the sands of the duat um effectively an underworld for uh, lost souls but she sees that souls are being condemned to these sands without any form of trial without any form of this scales of justice and they realize this is what harrow is doing with that piece of Amet's uh, power that he's been yeah. using, where he's been yeah. condemning people and judging them. Effectively, Twara realizes this is absolutely against the process that's supposed to happen after everybody dies. And these yeah. people who are living, supposed to continue living their lives, are being judged by Harrow on behalf of Amet and yeah. being sent there. So completely going against the natural order of things, let's say, or her order of things. So she's willing to turn around, give Stephen and Mark a little bit of time to try and balance their their hearts against the feather to try and get out of this situation. But unfortunately, there's not enough time. No. And no. Then, she's going to annoy Osiris, as she says, yeah. which I loved, because I mean, yeah. Osiris <laughs> is definitely there as well. Mm-hmm. But also, we were thinking that Osiris potentially was a little dodge as well. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So who knows what would have happened uh, in getting to that gateway. So Osiris, we saw his avatar as yeah. the leader of the council um, of the Ennead back, uh, back in episode three. And yes, there's the one we thought might be a little bit dodgy, willing to commit Contu uh, to, to stone pretty quickly, yeah. it seems. Very annoyed, yeah. at least, of Contu using his power. And there's a possibility that he could have been working with Harrow. Um, yeah. Was the other the other possibility that was out there. So, um, so yeah, potentially Osiris on the side of Harrow. Yeah. Or maybe not. Because... Um, and it's interesting. So, I, like, I like that we get the sand zombies, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, where the the zombies with the the sh, the su, 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 sand zombies. We we'll call them the sand bees. Yeah, the sand bees. The sand bees. Yeah. yeah, we got the sandies, um, and they came. With, <laughs> I didn't even say that right. <laughs> they could be the sambies or the sandies. <laughs> yeah, one or the other, really. Mm-hmm. So we get the sandies, and they essentially come. And we get this great realization, and this was so yeah. much fun. Yeah, the realization that, well, if 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 my Mark is me and I'm Mark, then I have the same abilities. And you get Stephen going, Stephen going total, like going to eleven on it, and it is just—it's one of those cheerful moments, you know, yeah. that when you're like, yeah. Go team! Absolutely. And two big things about this. Uh, firstly, we heard it before. Stephen said it back in uh, back in episode uh, four um, when himself and Layla were going inside and, and Mark wanted to take back over the body. Stephen went, well, I've got muscle memory. Whatever you did, I'll be able to do anyway. Yeah. And Mark scoffed at him that time. This yeah. time, Stephen now has that ability or at least the same kind of power that Mark has. Yeah. And secondly, this means Mr. Knight is going to be a pretty good fighter now yes um so if we do see mr knight again uh one of the other uh suits that we've seen of moon knight um he easily could stand up to Definitely. moon knight in the comics and mr knight in the comics so yeah uh, so I'm, I'm really happy to see that in this episode i hope we see Stephen back in the future i hope we see moon knight back in the future um but i like that that is all tied in there we kind of hoped that we would see Stephen have some kind of fighting ability by the end of the season so uh, so seeing this here was really really cool to see yeah, and ultimately, 
in fighting to protect Mark mm. um, and, you know, trying to change the direction of the ship, it's Stephen that falls into the sand and gets turned to sand. And I I think what the, the really interesting thing and sort of coming from what Tarat had said mm. about it's the missing memories that are causing this that the scales of justice to rock back and forth up mm. and down that um with Stephen turning to sand you see the scales balance on, on the ship effectively mm. and then you have Mark emerging like a l'oreal shampoo ad in the field of reeds and um, mm-hmm. you know uh, with the sunlit field of reeds um, and yeah. so i i thought that was just a really kind of nice metaphor for it all really that the the notion of that you know one has gone to the underworld mm. the other has gone to heaven now whether it's the right one that has gotten there it's it's whether there's justice in that yeah. in this moment and that's all i mean absolutely I'm, I'm not sure i like this as the end of the episode it's where they've ended this as a moment it is a really sad loss that we've lost steven here because steven has been our point of view character for a lot yeah. of the season he's the one learning Agreed. about mark Agreed. the whole time yeah. it's really sad that we've lost him but that's not the reason why i'm unhappy about this moment, the the way that it it feels right now, and it will only be able to be explained with the next episode. So I'm not going to criticize it too much in case everything changes next episode. But it feels like this this scene at the end is telling the audience or telling Mark your DID was the problem. You couldn't balance the feather because you have two identities inside of you. Once one identity dies then you're free to go on to the field of reeds. And that just because it ends at that moment that he's going on to effectively like a heaven or an afterlife, and he couldn't have gone there with Stephen still part of him, it just feels like a really odd way to end it. It feels like an a, an odd moment to end it when you have this character yeah, with maybe, DID yeah. throughout the season. I was That's part of the reason why I was hoping it was if you add the third heart of Jake onto the scales, now you're balanced out. Or what they were doing throughout the episode if both of you reveal the bits about your lives that the other one doesn't know, then you're balanced. Uh, you balance the feather. It was balancing the whole way throughout the episode. It was almost at balance the whole way throughout the episode. And one of the things I really like about that as well, it is balancing the scales of justice is what's happening. And Mark has been the fist of vengeance for Conchu. So all of those people, and Mark explains this to Stephen, all of those people that he killed were justifiable kills, effectively. They were people who were the worst of the worst and we were being killed to serve Khonshu. So that's why his heart is still able to balance on the feather, yeah. even though he's a murderer and mercenary. Um, I really like that concept. Well, yeah, but, it, and, but also, I mean, the first thing I think I, I would agree with those points. Absolutely. But they're already dead as well. So, I mm-hmm. mean, that's the other thing. It isn't that this ending shows that, um, Stephen has died and, and, and Mark is somehow rewarded. It's that actually they're both dead. Mm. Um, and Stephen's going to hell. No, and, well, that's true. And, and Mark's so going the, to the, heaven the reward, is the thing. Yeah. But the, the thing is, for me, Stephen was doing what Stephen does, which he's very selfless mm-hmm. and he always wants to help. And in this moment, he's 
being able to find that muscle memory because of the sharing of the memories and wants to protect Mark in the way that Mark has protected him for Mm. literally the rest of the life. And he effectively sacrifices himself. So, I mean, in in the terms of Egyptian mythology, I I saw it more as a sacrifice. So I, I wasn't ever thinking... The deserve whether it was deserving or not mm-hmm. at that moment, um, and I guess if you're being judged by Egyptian gods, but you were the hand of an Egyptian god mm-hmm. doing their bidding, um, that scale probably would balance to some extent. Yeah. Or the yeah, yeah. you know yeah. the chances are you, you're you're in a can you know you, you you've being able to fix the race a little and and in terms of that balancing whereas that's the shock of mark is because of keeping him totally excluded with the rest Mm -hmm. so i i didn't see it i wasn't seeing it as a judgment on did but that's not to say necessarily that could be viewed like that Mm -hmm. And um, I, I think I only view it like that because of where this episode ended. I'm sure we have another episode to go next yep. next week. You know, um, this whole concept of this identity of Stephen is the the one that everybody loves. Of course, if you're going to have one sacrifice himself or the other, that's the one you do because that has yeah. the much more emotional impact. I totally get it. Definitely. But it's just the fact that they had the scales balanced that moment. Speaking of the scales, actually, I think they're going to be coming back next week because exactly as you say, if you are the avatar of an Egyptian god, you probably have been able to <laughs> yeah. get past Cash uh, in a some, few of the, some of those things. You, you've murdered a lot of people. In this case, Mark has murdered a lot of people as the hand of Khonshu. He's able to get past that because he's doing the bidding of an Egyptian god, right? Scales balance. Given that Harrow has been killing lots of people saying he's working on behalf of an Egyptian god, when we know he isn't. He's not the avatar of Amit. He doesn't know, hasn't connected with Amit at all because oh, yeah. she's been locked up for a very long time. I'm presuming these scales are going to be coming out and Harrow's going to be dragged yeah. into that duat very quickly by uh, by all the souls that he condemned there. So I, I yeah. would th- I would think so. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I would think so. So I just quickly jump on my, in my view on this, which is I took a slight different approach mm-hmm. and or theory in that it was it was the not just the balancing of their memories, but the balancing of their responsibilities and their they're the sharing of their identity, mm. the, per, the the sharing of yeah. their the responsibility, the sharing of the 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 load of the weight mm-hmm. of the everything, and it was the Stephen felt like Mark had always sacrificed for him. Mark felt like at that moment Stephen had sacrificed himself for him, for Mark, exactly. uh, mm-hmm. and then they sh- then started sharing not just the the the. It was always Stephen was the good one and Mark was the fighter. And then in that, just before that moment, they balanced and both took on the responsibility of yeah. being the fist of vengeance, of the fist of fighter, the action orientated one. Mm. They shared their memories. So in that they were always, they were just edging closer. And it wasn't just the memories aspect. That was one large part because mm-hmm. the unfortunate thing about the memories part is there's, that balance doesn't make sense because there's a third heart missing. Mm. The, the the third identity. Yeah, we know there's a third identity. Like it's just it is there. So the problem being, to a degree, they were never going to perfectly balance 
because there should be a third heart. We assume there's a third identity because there is in the comics. I'm still, I still think there is a way out for the show to do without a third identity. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I, I, I just feel we've all been hoping for that third identity. This was the episode to show it and be really definite about it. Here's Jake. He's right here. He's been doing another job for this system. Um, and they didn't do it in the episode. So I'm wondering whether they're going to steer away from that for the next episode and, and come come to that in the MCU or come to that in the post credit scene next episode. So I totally see your point now, Chris, that the balance between Stephen and Mark is effectively Mark has been wrapping Stephen in cotton wool to protect him from the world because he can't possibly be able to deal with the world the way Mark is. And with Stephen knowing the truth, accepting everything that's going on, he's able to tap into that other side of Mark and become balanced with Mark yeah. in this body, both of them taking the right mental responsibility, both of them dealing with their lives and dealing with yeah. the things they have to face. So I, I completely get what you mean. That's a, that's a great idea that that's why it balanced but, in that moment. But the other thing as well is that we're assuming that Tourette is looking at it as three identities well the reason i say the third identity is we saw the sarcophagus shaking or even um, no i know but even two all those scales are doing are about the balance of, of the two hearts yeah okay, no yeah like it, it but ultimately it's of one heart um and yes yeah. there may be a third there but we don't know as you say i think and it it becomes a little more difficult, I think, if you say, well, there should be a third heart yeah. on that scale. Yeah. But I don't think it's necessarily a question of the number of hearts on the scale. The judgment is based on... The balance. No, on Mark. Yeah, yeah. Ultimately. And he hasn't been honest with his with himself effectively and his other identity here but it's still yeah. the single entity that is both mark and steven and potentially jake and someone else it's it's judging the body and uh there were two identities in front of her that's why there's two yeah. parts because she yeah. says oh i've got twins mm -hmm. you know and so, so she's not she's just not viewing it yeah okay. it, it, Potentially, but I totally get what you mean, and I might be totally wrong as well. I mean, I'm just trying to see why they would do that because, yes, you're right. Logically, you'd go should be another third heart there to balance yeah. it, but I just don't think possibly the spirituality element of it mm -hmm. and the spiritual balancing of whether someone goes to heaven or hell. Yeah. Well, the only, reason Stephen went, the only reason Stephen went—the only reason went to hell—is because he fell off the boat onto the sands. Yeah, like he yeah. they Death potentially both—they both would have balanced potentially just as they got there. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but but as you say, I think it is about the sharing of these two identities, and it's it, it becoming a clear whole in terms of what's happened yeah. in in their life, even yeah. though those identities are still there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think this is so. I. Loved this episode. The, the The issue I had with the ending is it ended for that particular point to get the shock, sadness value. It also leaves so much to do in the next episode. I You've got to get them home, mm -hmm. save the body, save the world. 
like they've got to do a lot and also do everything else in between. Like they still got to also get conjugate. Like there's so much to do in this potentially space of an hour next week. And I think from a story perspective, I understand why they did it. They You do there because you have that emotional hit of, oh my God, one's gone to heaven, one's gone to hell. How are they going to get out of this? Mm. Multiverse of Madness, Doctor yeah, well, Strange, no. yeah. Rocking. No. Like, but like, that's the thing. <laughs> like, it's just, it, for me, it was the, like, you could have had it like another five minutes of Mark trying to figure out then what was going on because yeah. then it just, you, you jump into a next yeah. episode with, you have a lot of work to do very quickly and then get on yeah. with the rest of it. I have to say, I, I did think we were going to see them get to Osiris's gate and at least Layla would be heading off on her journey mm-hmm. to, exactly. to the vault. I must say, I thought we were going to get some of that. So in terms of the ending, it felt suddenly quite, oh, okay, it, they're not doing that. I, I, I felt that yeah. was going to happen for sure. Uh, I didn't think we were suddenly with with Stephen going into the sands of the Duat. Um, I thought we were going to see Mark steering the ship to the gateway and somehow being able to get a message. Yep. And rather than cut to Field of Reeds, which yep. does sound like um, a Sting single. <laughs> <laughs> but it is really interesting, isn't it? Because like, Tarot does move to their side, does yep. want them to succeed, and turns the boat around to go to this Gate of Osiris, the closest way to get back to the above, the back to the earthly realm, effectively. And then they, they almost get there, and she goes, oh, well, time's up. Um, <laughs> yeah, Layla's <laughs> gate is... <laughs> it, still, it still hasn't balanced, so um, off you go. Like, I didn't really get that. No. Um, I kind of thought, if it's off balance, as in the hearts are weighing down on one side and the feathers weighing up on the other side, then that's it, time's over. But I th- yeah. I thought that scales was still moving at the time that she said that, that she was yeah. going, oh, well, you're unbalanced. Um, right, off you go. Yeah. We can't go through the gate. The gate, the, the, the Cyrus's gate is closed to you because of of that. Um, so right now what's actually happened is Stephen and Mark have both gone to different realms, effectively. Yeah. Yeah. Steve, Stephen's, Stephen's gone to, um, to the Sands. Mark's gone to the Field of Reeds. And no message has gone to Layla. And there's no reason for Tarot to send that message to Layla because she'd have to get the two of them back from their realm. So no, and, and so maybe it, it seems it seems like, you know, if they'd gotten the message out exactly as I said, then off Layla goes on her mission but, and then they have to do something. But, but possi- why would they reach out to But possibly if the scales are still going then they haven't been fully judged yet. No, the scales balanced at the end because when when Stephen was lost, the scales balanced, and Mark yeah. then went okay. to the field of reeds. But it was, um, it was effectively Tourette saying they are on unbal- they are still unbalanced. That's it. End of the journey. The door, the gates won't o- of Osiris won't open yeah. to you now because you've been judged as having an unbalanced scales. As we walk in fields of reeds. <laughs> <laughs> so there, there was one bit where I thought this might get a post credit, right? And I thought they might mm-hmm. do a post credit leading yeah. into the finale where literally you you had 
Mark looking at the fields and it fades to black. You get the credits and then you get Tourette appearing in front of uh, Leila going, mm-hmm. you have to help them. You have to get Kanchu yeah. go. And like literally it's a like a, a five second click and you're done. Like, and then that's, Leila screams just like Mark and Stephen did. <laughs> something, something like that. Hippopotamus like, skull. Yeah. Yes. Like something. She's Or because she's hiding yeah. in the thing and then you get this big monster hippo. Yeah kind of appearing that then leads in and that kind of sets you on your path kind of wham and we're off to the races it just felt like a very weird cut now taking us all the way back to when we started this discussion as you said Derek we will see what happens in the plan exactly like that's gonna like we will we thought we always withhold judgment as if to view the whole creative works and not just a, yes. a small part of it. We don't balance our feather and, and heart um, until no. we know the With full one story. episode to go, we definitely yes. do that. No, no, no. Yeah. We're, we're like, well, they did. Before we close up and decide we defend this episode, does anyone have any notes? I do. Um, it's less of a note, more of just one part of the, the, the episode that uh, I... An addendum, of, if you will. Yeah, an postscript. Um, I did really like, um, you know, where Tourette is talking about the balance of the hearts and so on, and they, Stephen and Mark are looking out across the duet, and Mark is like, if it comes to it, we'll kill the hippo and take over the ship. <laughs> uh, really, I just love that line because uh-huh. the hippo was so kind of cool. Yeah. Um, you're like, don't kill the hippo. Uh, but uh, I just love the, the Mark, Mark the mercenary, <laughs> putting into action, you know, how he would take over, um, you know, the ship in a really yeah. military way. No kind of thoughts to the, I guess, fairly cutesy uh Human type hippo, um, I guess. Yeah, poor Tuarat. That would have been awful. <laughs> would have been awful. Uh, I, I only have one note just to just to mention. Um, Randall Spector is from the comic books. Mark does have a brother. His brother's older than him in the comic books. He does become a villain as everybody's brother in comic books that, that oh, is always. revealed uh, becomes a villain. Uh, Shadow Moon, I think, is uh, is his uh, his villainous theme. So. Um, we probably won't be seeing that version of uh, of Randall uh, Specter in the show, but uh, but just to, just a note that we have seen him um, in the comic books, and uh, Mark's father actually plays a much bigger role in the DID onset of Mark yeah. in the comic books. It's a it's a much uh, different story. I'm kind of glad they didn't uh, go down that story. It's it's a bit. <laughs> this is so much more visceral the yeah. way they've done it on the show, um, and. Uh, so much more affecting, I think, for me anyway, uh, watching it on the show than than that story probably would have been for me. Agreed. Um, the the name of the asylum is the name of the asylum from the Jeff Lemire run as well. It's a nod. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just the same psychiatric hospital. The Very Putnam. good. Putnam. Putnam, yep. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was a place in London, but it wasn't, because <laughs> it sounds like a very English name. It is, uh, probably, yes. Yeah. 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 Um, but no, it's not. No, uh, it, it's sorry. It, it could be, but it's yeah. a, it's a, in this point, it's a reference to. <laughs> it's also know. a name. And um, well, there is the British director with the surname Putnam um, as well. There you go. So, very good, very good. And I suppose York is a British name, and New York is quite a big uh, capital in America. Yeah, <laughs> a there big, you go. Uh, city yeah. in America. So it's almost lo- a lo- <laughs> it's almost like a load of English people went over to America and named all the places. The yeah, that's yeah. what it was, and so, called it New York well, and New, York. New England. Yeah. yeah. Well, New York used. To be New Amsterdam as That's well. That's true. 
Yeah. There you go. Well, that's enough for the history lesson. <laughs> I know you got that from uh, from They Might Be Giants, John. I know. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, that's enough of the history lesson. Gentlemen, let's get on to our defense. Derek, do you defend this episode of Moon Knight? Episode 5, Asylum. This episode was brilliant. This episode is is up there with episodes of some of my favorite TV shows. Um, you know, things like Watchmen, um, things like Lost, things like uh, yeah, name any show. It's up there with them. It's it's definitely a highlight of the MCU and Disney Plus. Um, it's a highlight of uh, of Marvel. Um, to be able to put an episode like this on TV that was so affecting and everything was dealt with so well they didn't show a huge amount of what was what was going on and they didn't need to this didn't need to be an orated bloody brutal episode to be able to get across the adult themes and yeah. the concepts that they were trying to get across of how Mark came to be the person that he is how Stephen came to be the person that he is how Moon Knight was created and what that really means rather than him just getting a superhero suit and going out and fighting people at night there's loads of great meaning in there really well structured really well directed uh, absolutely love this this is a, this is top quality uh, tv loved it excellent mr harrison do you defend this episode of moon knight I really do. Um, I'm continuing my role, actually. Um, it's five creepy cafes out of five uh, for me. That's the creepiest um, of cafes, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, I really, really just enjoyed this so much. Um, it was just quality storytelling, uh, quality acting. Mm-hmm. It was affecting. It was emotional. It was poignant. It was tragic. Um, it was afterlifes and the planes and going, you know, a little bit further into the Egyptian, um, mythology mm-hmm. with, uh, having Tauret there, but also with the Duat. Um, I think we, we've seen a star of David on a chain around, um, Mark's neck, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, that's um, too. Yeah. But we, you know, there's definite, uh, nod here. I, I mean, I don't think there's there's the nod to his Jewish roots yeah, with the 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 head covering with the shiver, mm-hmm. and so I just really, really thought this was great. And I think Oscar Isaac was phenomenal, and it's a brilliant episode. And so five creepy cats out of five. Yeah. And um, Chris, uh, do you defend uh, this? fifth episode of Moon Knight. Yeah, I I can't add much more to what you guys have said. For me, it is the MCU, the Disney streaming, the the version so far, have portrayed some of the best ever depictions of grief, of PTSD, Mm -hmm. of uh, responsibility and taking on mantles and race and in this one now, it's abuse and tragedy and mm-hmm. um, the, the the elements of DID and things like that. Like, it's some of, as you said, it's some of the best TV out there yeah. with, the, with the theme of superheroes on top. Like, the ba- sorry, the foundation of superheroes with some of these amazing, actually, I'd even argue it's amazing TV about grief, about abuse, about all these other things 
and then you layer on a, a, a superhero element. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And like, if you took away Moon Knight and just made it mystical, and we took away from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, this could stand alone and be fantastic. Absolutely. Again, because of the portrayal of the characters, because of the story, because of the actors. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just fantastic yeah. in all aspects. And I just yeah. want to see where they go with this final episode. Yeah, absolutely. And that's really going to really kind of tell me the, how much they, they how far they want to go with this story. Yeah. So, yeah, look, absolutely defend, and I think it's brilliant. And it's really hard, isn't it? Like, we've only got one episode left to go, as you say. There's just what, whatever they're going to do with the end of the story. And, you know, it's it's not that much to tie up in a final episode, really. You, you've got to beat the bad guy. That's kind of it. You can do that in an hour. Not a major yeah. problem. The real challenge that I see coming into the next episode is if we are expecting to see Moon Knight back in the future, and it's a Moon Knight that doesn't have this amount of storytelling to it like we don't get a season two or three which is what we've been told we're not getting we've been told that oscar isaac's not coming back for a second season of the show um so if we get moon knight as a hero in the avengers for 10 minutes of a two-hour movie in the future is that going to be enough after this level of storytelling that's been going on in the show or we be be able to be able to take that on with us as backstory for this great character uh, in the future you know yeah i mean ultimately it depends on the story because i think that is it you know um you know the the there's the argument that it's you know it's movies on tv but tv is fundamentally a different medium as to what it can do, which is what this is showing and what most of the other Disney Plus uh, Marvel shows have shown us. Uh, Even with characters we've followed through multiple films on the cinema. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, like comics are for, for movies, it's, you know, there's always that, well, comics are just storyboards that can be put up on, but it, you know, because of the different lengths of time, yep. the story has to be done in a certain way. Yeah. And it depends what you want to do. So I would hope that, yes, you're right. Be interesting to see what happens mm-hmm. because they're not going to get the same level of, of depth. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah. I'm sure, a, you know, a good writer probably can extract that, but yeah. it will be in the context of, the story the thing is this arms everyone going into a marvel uh, mcu movie in the cinema with everything they need to to know about the identities and maybe they'll just focus more on moon knight Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. i I think it's going to be interesting because it's going to be where we see him if it's an ensemble piece with like the Midnight Suns, is it the next Avengers? Is it where where do we see him? Because that will be the, the is it like a Carol Danvers in Avengers Infinity War? Mm-hmm. Think and you miss it. Definitely. Like that kind of thing? Or yeah. is it more kind of Hulk in 
Thor Ragnarok, yeah. i.e. the level of interaction. Not talking. I know, Derek, don't get in on Ragnarok. We're not, we're not talking about Thor here. Yeah, I hope Moon Knight comes into a yeah. good movie. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But we I will see next week in Multiverse of Madness, we'll see uh, Wanda Maximoff for the first time since WandaVision. Yeah. So yeah. that's the first character that we've seen lots of backstory for that we're going to see uh, back again in the cinematic universe. So and that will tell. That will give yes. us an indication of how we'll be handling yeah. it, I guess. But with all roads leading to Strange, let's take a path off just before we get there and go to the bar with no name for the one and only bar with no name quiz. Mm-hmm. Yes, let us get twisted as we've been <laughs> um, wildly vacillating between sense and nonsense. We need something to clear the old head. I don't know whether this question will mm-hmm. for this episode because it is quite oblique. And I guess there'll be certain people in certain countries that will have uh, a possible leg up on, on being able to answer it. But nonetheless, um, there is Google out there. <laughs> so, um, or, or any good search engine of your choice, good or evil, um, that, <laughs> that um, you can still use. Working. So question five for episode five. Stephen prefers cricket. What is a six in cricket? Ooh, very good. This is not only a difficult one. This is a very new type of question. We have never given a question that you'll have to either know the answer yourself or Google the answer. Uh, Every question has usually been in the episodes. But this is a reference to Stephen with this awesome bat taking out the uh, the, um, Sandies. Is that what we're calling them? I think Uh, so. Yeah, Uh, taking them out and uh, and calling a six. Uh, So what is a six in cricket? Yeah. Yes. Excellent. So just to repeat the question, Mm -hmm. Stephen prefers cricket. What is a six in cricket? Uh, Fellow quizzers, fellow defenders, you can send in your answers to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. And you can send it in right now if you know the answer, or you can store them all up for when we come to the last quiz question uh, at the bar with no name next yep. week for episode six. Absolutely. We'll be closing down the bar with no name quiz on the 10th of May. So you have up until then to get your answers into all six questions are all available on the website at tvpodcastindustries.com. Uh, all six questions are up there. And as John said, email into feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. And you'll definitely be in with a good chance this time to get, uh, get your hands on some Moon Knight goodies. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, as a quick reminder before we move into our feedback and hear your thoughts on this episode and the previous ones, don't forget you can support us on Patreon because this episode on TV Podcast Industries is brought to you by our supporters from Patreon, including Claire Payne. Thank you, Claire. Thanks so yes, much, Claire. Thank you, Claire, very much. Yeah, one of our longest yep. serving listeners, one of yep. our fellow defenders, one of our fellow Gothamites. Uh, great to have you still on board with us, Claire. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Claire. Yes, thank you so much. And in addition, this episode is also brought to you by Sandra and Sousa, who brought us some coffees this week. I say bought us, bought our illustrious editor. Yes, he thick coffees because he's going to need that caffeine injection into his veins as he edits away into the wee hours of the morning. I do share yeah. the coffees. Uh, you it's do. Just, it's just your way in Portugal last week, Chris, so I it was true. couldn't it was share true. one with you this week. But thanks, yes, thanks so much to Sandra and Susa uh, for their uh, coffees from buymeacoffee.com. Yeah, great stuff. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Susa. All right, then. You Don't forget, you can also support us monthly. 
yourself for any amount over on patreon.com slash tv podcast industries or if you'd like to support us on a one-off donation you can pop on over to buymeacoffee.com slash tvpi to buy us a coffee you can also support us by subscribing to the podcast and sharing the podcast with your friends your grannies your your favorite sanby yes exactly or even you're a big inflatable hippo goddess mm, how's yes. that you, if you whatever your goddess is be it a hippo a cat or a sarcophagus you share the with them and they are so sharing the podcast and they're sharing the love but gentlemen let's get into feedback mm-hmm. we kick off our feedback this section with two emails in from jerry who sent us his thoughts on episodes four and five starting with episode four jerry had this to say Hey guys, with two episodes left, I'm worried the show is not going to stick the landing. All these gods in stone, will we find out who they are? Layla is a fantastic character with lots of mystery to who she is. This episode is easily the darkest thing Marvel has out. Murder, dissection, and the shadows jump scares. Mm-hmm. That has to be the most awkward kiss I have ever seen. Oscar is a skill at work to make that's so awkward <laughs> again we are teased with a third personality in the end we see Toet, the goddess of fertility we see her in the gift shop in episode one ah yes i'm confused about the direction the show is going in but i'm in it till the end jerry in niceville very good now there uh jerry yes we saw a stuffed toy version of Toet yes, uh, right back at the start also back in episode one and something we mentioned on the podcast the little girl telling Stephen. Um, was he unhappy that he didn't get to the Field of Reeds and he doesn't yes. get to the Field of Reeds in episode five. So um, this has all been seeded all the way back from the start oh, of the yeah. season. Yes. Great stuff. Thanks, Jerry. Yeah, thanks, Jerry. Jerry on episode five says, hey, guys, first off, let's go ahead and give Oscar Isaac the Emmy for the best actor in a limited series. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. Jerry continues... This origin episode was fantastic and tragic all at once. Mark remembering everyone he killed for Konshu, very Winter Soldier in the same tragic way. The yeah. death of Mark's brother scene, the claustrophobia with water compounds, the terrible feeling of dread for mm-hmm. the viewer. The possible death of Stephen balancing the scales seems off to me. Mark in heaven? So Mark and Stephen are not aware of Jake, therefore not affecting the scales. One episode left, I'm afraid the series is not going to stick the landing. So Layla becomes Moon Knight now. Mm -hmm. There is no way that the series ties everything in one last episode. Love the show. So, so worried about the ending. Your passenger on the ship that is TV Podcast Industries, Jerry in Niceville. Well, thank you, Jerry. Yes, well, you're very much balanced uh, in in terms of scale. So uh, you'll be going to the the field of microphones, I uh, guess, probably yes, uh, for, yes. for the podcast. I don't know whether that's uh, heaven or hell uh, for me. To be <laughs> no, the, the the hell bit is editing. Um, yeah, the, the, field editing the field tools. of editing. The field of editing for sure. But um, yeah, it's it's interesting. I think like Chris alluded to that. Um, just you know. There's a lot potentially to get in in that last episode. Um, you know, we thought we might see a bit of uh, Layla in, in this episode as well, sort of running uh, off to try and mm. uh, release Conchu so that he can do his business. But you never know because certainly with the Disney Plus episodes, you know, 
some can be quite short, others a bit longer. So you never know. We could get one that's certainly an at close to an hour, mm. or so over an hour even. Rumors are forty-two minutes for the final episode. Oh really? Yep. Ooh, that's well, uh, we don't, they, they're we okay. Yeah. Or it all just continues in some other film oh, that yes. might be coming up soon. Um, you never know. But uh, Jerry, thanks again so much for mm. um for the for the feedback as always great getting your thoughts on uh the on defenders absolutely absolutely i just wonder if uh if the episode is now going to end with that title card that loki did that nobody was expecting uh where we all uh, went maybe loki can't possibly do this in the next episode and they went no we can't season two is coming <laughs> coming yeah, in two years possibly <laughs> uh thanks so much jerry uh also on email coffee and vodka says greetings fellow heavy baggage handlers this episode <laughs> should have begun with a trigger warning for anyone who has ever had a childhood seemingly straightforward yet i could see another required rewatch to catch all the nuances the bird bones on their rain-stained path and not to the Lemire run or Conchu's actual early interf- interference. Child abuse, the loss of a lifetime, held alternate identity, mental wall of pain. But Stephen got to have a bit of fun before double dying. A Bushman reference, good. And the possibility of being Mephistoed by Jake, bad. Looks like Amet's getting busy. Wonder what this means for Layla. And you know, the world. Finally, could that girl in the museum in episode one speaking to Stephen have been Toirette's avatar? Five malicious memories, balancing act, and sand, sadly sand-stranded Stephen's out of five. Peace and take care of coffee and vodka. <laughs> Excellent Ooh, stuff. Sadly sand-stranded Stephen's out of five. That's a, that's a tough one to say. Um, I'm like, not even going to attempt it. <laughs> exactly. I like the coffee and vodka. Also caught uh, the, the connection with the girl in the museum back in episode one. Um Interesting if she was the avatar and she was pushing um, candy covers into or candy wrappers into uh, into the statues in the uh, in the museum. What a weird thing for an avatar to do. But that's yep. maybe a way of getting the attention of Stephen, I suppose, is probably what she was doing. It uh, could be one of the other gods as well. The one of yeah. the other missing gods. Absolutely. I forgot about the bird bones. Um, that's a, yeah, that's a that's really interesting moment. That's when they start definitely. running towards the, um, towards the, the cave. Uh, when the rain starts to fall, they stand on the, on the bird bones. And the, idea, bit yeah, yeah. the idea that that could be some kind of early influence, mm. you, know? Yeah. Uh, you know, just that notion of fatalism and fate yeah. within yeah. spirituality. We're all taking this as red. Like what happens if next episode, it turns out that that whole scene with uh, Arthur Harrow or Dr. Harrow is actually the real world. Oh God. Yeah, no. If they, if they actually did the flip <laughs> Surprise! on that next episode. <laughs> yeah. Well, it would be um, interesting. It would also be a good way through getting it into, you know, through a, a final episode. I'll, I'll do as the kids and, and Twitter users are doing and say, well, it would be a way it would, yeah. and it would be the biggest zig when they should have zagged. Uh, oh, wow. To... Pulling it out of old school Chris yes. moniker. <laughs> he, he did it last week on, on Picard's I did it last Chris. Week. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there you I'm, go. I'm just repeating it because that would be another uh, zig and zag. Effectively, we would be in the maze at the Overview Hotel at that stage. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so thanks, Coffee and Vodka. Yep, thanks, Coffee and Vodka. We also got another email from Victor Von Doom who had this to say greetings defenders i was completely enthralled with this episode from the boat on the sands to the performance of oscar isaac it all felt like a huge crescendo to the finale Mm -hmm. my compliments to fahey and the company 
for combining the multiple origins and revelations into this episode without it feeling too rushed. The exploration of Mark's mind, I found, was amazing and a bit saddening. Did we see a glimpse of Jake in Dr. Harrow's office? Mm-hmm. I suspect that the presence of taxis in a couple of scenes to be a tease. Toet is very articulate and funny. Does the reign of unbalanced souls mean Harrow's completed his mission? Lots of questions to be addressed here. Will Mark somehow be restored? I hope Stephen can somehow return to the story. He will be missed. Is there word on a second season? I can't imagine how the next episode will wrap up the series. As always, looking forward to the TVPI podcast and Defenders feedback. Excelsior, Victor Von Doom. Uh, the word is there is no second season, Victor. Mm-hmm. This is a limited series and he is... He, if he appears, it will be in cinematic form going forward, or maybe a different show, but not a second series of Moon Knight. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's really unfortunate. It's it's hard to uh, hard to get that. But again, who knows? We said that about Loki last year. Yeah. So who yes, knows? that's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Very much. Who knows? And I. I think. Look. I. I. I think they. Stephen has to come back. The the fun version of the past personality, the 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 zig to the zag that is Mark Spector is always fun. Mm. But we'll have to see. We'll yeah. see what brings in the next episode. Stephen is definitely the favorite character, isn't he? It's like, like he's everybody's favorite. Um, so he's it's, he's it's the really proxy for the audience. To see yeah. him go yeah. this episode. Yeah. They've yeah. essentially just killed off a member of the audience. He Most. is the pov. Yes, the POV, the yeah. point of view. Thank you so much, Victor Von Doom. Appreciate your email in. Over on Twitter, Matt Murdock had this to say. This episode of Hashtag Moon Knight has to be one of the best Marvel has ever done in all of Phase 4 shows so far. Holy bleep. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, thanks, Matt. It really was holy bleep. Um, An Egyptian holy bleep at that. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Thanks, Matt. Over on Facebook, I think, then. Yeah. Over on Facebook, uh, Brandy sent us some thoughts before and after watching the episode. Brandy says, my pre-watching episode five thoughts. There is a theory that the avatars are doing their own thing and have turned on the gods. Might even be working with Harrow. Because we see Konshu makes that ten gods in prison, not including Armis, of course. We know from episode three that the gods stayed in overvoid and are relying solely on their avatars. Mm-hmm. This could explain Harrow being able to come and talk to Conchu's imprisoned form. Well, let's see. Okay, post-watching on episode 5, Randy continues, Damn, that episode had me all in my feelings like Drake. Started off all happy because several of my theories or thoughts were right. Like they were on a boat and the reason Tarette was there. But that happy high got swept up in this emotionally rich episode. Also, as much as it sucks to watch what Mark went through at home, I think it was important to make the distinction that his DID was from his childhood. Because in real life, even him being 12 would be considered old. Usually 4 to 9. This also makes me think when the third... Jake, question mark, comes, his personality will be very similar to Mark's because DID is about hiding and blending and they are doing a good job of respectfully representing DID while also making sure it translates on screen. 
we finally got the name drop for Bushman and another tie into Black Panther with the mention of the ancestral plane. Mm -hmm. I have to be honest and just say, for me, this show is at its best when it's just great actors playing off of great actors and the action is at a minimum if it's there at all. And yet, give it up for Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke, but we have to give kudos to this casting director. My final thought... I really think that it's the third identity, Jake, talking to Dr. Harrow right before he gets drugged. Mm -hmm. The speech pattern didn't sound like Mark or Stephen. Uh, thanks, Brandy. Yep, no, I think um, you, you're you on the same line as ourselves with that scene with the, the pointy crystal uh, sort of murder weapon. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I, I think you're right. You know, the, there's... The acting here is just Fantastic. phenomenally good uh, across yeah. the board, and in particular with Oscar Isaac um, doing, as you say, these multiple um, sort of patterns of behavior of speech just between Stephen and Mark, yeah. let alone with uh, trying to make that distinction there with Jake. Um, it, it is really uh, superb and i like your theory that maybe it's the avatars that have gone rogue mm -hmm. because then if it is the little girl in the museum she's just quite happy to be stuffing uh bits of sweet wrappers into the <laughs> the great pyramid uh, that's her version of rogue i love yeah, it I exactly love it. thanks so much brandy donald dennis says that was a wild <laughs> ride it certainly was donald uh, especially if you're on the boat that thing was going at 90 and going all over the place <laughs> uh michael booth says is this really the penultimate episode of the series? Seems like there's so much more to tell here. We've spent an episode and a half in Mark's mind. It's all twisty and turny and very intriguing, but I wonder where it's going with only one episode to run. I'm not sure I get the rationale behind the creation of Stephen. Mark created him so he didn't have to experience the bad side of his mother. But didn't we see Stephen taking the beating, or did I get confused? Still more references to that third person. I thought he would appear at the end at the funeral, but no. Hopefully he actually shows up but maybe it's just the writers messing with us and our expectations. Interesting, Michael. I think we've pieced your first two paragraphs together, your first two thoughts together, and came up with the idea that maybe that third persona is the one that takes the beatings yeah. uh, instead yeah. of instead of either Mark or Stephen. But uh, but it is interesting. I, I think um, certainly Michael's explanation. You see that identity of Stephen happening, mm -hmm. um, and then you see his mum come at him with a belt. Yeah. But as as you said, the door does close. Mm -hmm. And so you then don't see that at all. Yeah. yeah. Um, and exactly. You don't yeah. see what happens Thankfully. in there. But the assumption, yeah. I think, rightly, you can see it is Stephen getting the beating. So, yeah, I think it's just because the door closes. And so I think there's a little bit of messing with our minds. If it's not messing with our minds uh, already with reality, ancestral planes, mm -hmm. an actual psych ward. Yeah, sense, nonsense. Well, that's it. That's it. Fascinating. Thanks so much, Michael. Yes, yeah. thank you so much, Michael. Thanks, Michael. Dr. Bob Phillips also um, has feedback. He says, so... Happy hippo plushies. They have to be a thing now. Have to be. That was marvellous. It's still very unclear which bits are really reality, imaginary real, partially real, or otherwise. But I think the afterlife is 
real. Mm -hmm. The hippo is generally gorgeous and there is no third person because the scale's balanced. Or there is a third person and he's not on the boat either and each individual heart would balance on its own. Mm -hmm. The DID creation story seems placed with Mark a little too old as discussed in Lena's email, but I personally can see how there needed to be some way of creating the trauma. Mm -hmm. And if the age was right, well, a six-year-old would be unlikely to be taking his four-year-old brother off to a cave. I thought the screaming rejection of faith and then heartfelt apology wordlessly done on the cobbles was astounding. Mm. One final thought. Did anyone else look around the home to see if Seymour had an Audrey in the pot plant? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's really interesting. It did feel a little bit like that was the street from, uh, from Little Shop of Horrors. Um, <laughs> I think it's because it's, it looks like a, a city street, a Chicago street, yeah. completely empty of people and only a few cars. So it feels totally like a back lot. Uh, where something like Little Shop of Horrors was, was filmed. Yeah. So, and uh, and interestingly as well, because you do feel as though you're in a city, mm -hmm. but then they seem to go out into the countryside to the cave. Mm. I mean, so I, I, I was wondering, you know, I maybe, you know, let's not say a city can't have a cave in the middle of it, but it seemed that they're, you know, I, I didn't quite know whether they were in a city or maybe just a smaller town. Well, let's uh, make sure to remember these are all things that are going on in Mark's head. So uh, remember, there are four stories in his house. That is true. Uh, yeah. For example, um, representing different uh, different periods and different times in his life. So uh, not necessarily the same street that they grew up on with a, a big yeah. uh, a big cave behind. They yeah. could have been off on holiday at that time, but it just took place in their back garden in his mind. So it, it all is feeding together. But, but yeah, that's true. Yeah. And in terms of birthdays as well, there were at least two birthdays there. There's second yeah. one where he's got the 12 candles being mm -hmm. put on it. But there's one before that, and we don't quite know how how long it is That's from right. the, the accident to um, that first birthday. So I'm no. guessing 11. Um, so maybe, mm. and again, maybe he is... 10 or 9, uh, possibly. Potentially, uh, yeah. You know, it, yeah. it could be that he's not actually 12 when the the accident happens. That's right. For yeah. certain. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but thanks so much, uh, Dr. Bob, and I'm really hoping they do have some happy hippo plushies. Mm. Uh, we, we might be able to squeeze those in as one of the uh, quiz prizes, if they exist. Well, as with every MCU show, all the really <laughs> cool stuff is uh, is for pre-order for 2025 or something. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so they might be coming, exactly. but not this year. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Thank you so much, Dr. Bob. And Ray from Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast had this to say. My gosh, this packed a wallop. We knew the origin story was coming, but it constantly surprises me how much they can fit into an episode. Oscar Isaac shines as bright as ever in this episode that really exposes Mark Spector as arguably the most complicated and traumatized character in the MCU. A big call considering that the others have gone through. A twist on the comic canon sees Mark's mum Wendy as the parental disowner and the twist with Randall is so, so tragic. So much to cover here. So I leave it to 
No doubt the many other pieces of feedback that you'll receive, but I just wanted to highlight the amazing skills of Isaac as an actor and the brilliant portrayal of Mark's childhood. Merc, DID, Stephen's origin, TV doesn't get much better than this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Agreed. Agreed. Excellent, Ray. Thanks so much for your thoughts. Yeah, definitely go check out Ray's uh, podcast, uh, Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. They're releasing their reaction episodes every week, their panel discussions with loads of uh, Moon Knight fans chatting about uh, their thoughts on the episodes yeah, as well. They're really, stuff. really good. Yeah. yeah. Thanks so much, Ray. And Gail Cleary says, I spent the whole episode thinking the scales didn't balance because they were missing a heart. I kept thinking this right until Stephen died. Oh, my heart. Really hoping Stephen is only mostly dead. Um, Thanks so much, uh, Gail. Do you get the reference, guys? <laughs> I think so. Princess yeah. Bride. Yes. Princess Bride, only mostly dead. Not, so, not fully um, dead. Yes. Uh, I know, I know, Gail, yeah, all of our hearts skipped a beat when, uh, when Stephen started to turn to sand there. Yeah. It's like, you're just expecting, turn the boat around to us. <laughs> Thanks, Gail. Thanks, Gail. Uh, also, Suzanne Nelson says the full impact of this episode didn't hit me until I went back and rewatched the first four episodes after watching episode five. Totally changed my perspectives on a lot of scenes. Mm. Ah, good stuff. And a great suggestion for our fellow defenders as mm. well to sort of look back over the, the episodes of this series so far and then a nice rewatch of episode five because you as well, Derek, was saying about the conversation with the young yeah. girl in the museum uh, in episode one. So, uh, yes, good, good suggestion. Thanks so much, Suzanne. Absolutely. Thanks, Suzanne. I uh, just want to call out that we did get a few uh, emails in with the uh, pub quiz answers for last week. Um, just a couple of mentions uh, of thanks to Lena for her email last week about DID. Lots of people found that really, really uh, interesting. Yeah. So thanks so much, Lena, for uh, for sending in your thoughts to us uh, about DID and for sharing that with us. Lots of people uh, reaching out to say thank you. Yes, thank you so much, Lena. We now have a voicemail from the one and only Steve Brown. Hello, TV Podcast Industries. This is Steve, and just wanted to to re- just give you guys a whole bunch of props. I love hearing your coverage of Moon Knight this season, or this, I'm sorry, this series. And uh, I, I'm so, I'm really sad that we're not going to get another series, but it will be cool to see Moon Knight in the, the M, is it MDU, the Marvel Disney Universe now? What are we calling it? But uh, anyway, you guys have, have been great with your partial moon half moon and full moon points. I just love, uh, again, listening to your theories and all of your wonderful, wonderful thoughts on this series so far and cannot wait to hear what you guys have to say about the last episode. All right. Uh, Again, I'm just loving hearing everybody talk about Moon Knight. It's such a great show and such a great character. And I just, uh, uh, yeah, I'm giddy with it. So, all right, boys. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks. Talk to you later. Thank you so much, Steve. Yes, we're giddy along with you. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see this last episode and how they kind of do it. And yeah, giddy to get your feedback on episode six as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Go listen to Steve over on uh, Panels to Pixels podcast. Himself and Mark um, are covering Moon Knight. And uh, they, I just love pointing this out. They only realized after two episodes when they got a bit of feedback in from a listener that it's Steve and Mark covering Moon Knight. They didn't realize they were both there. Uh, named after Stephen and Mark from the show Moon Knight. <laughs> yes. so, uh, I love it. I love it. Really enjoyed uh, Really enjoyed listening to their stuff. Thanks so much, Steve, for taking the time out again to uh, to send your voicemail into us. Um, yeah. 
Great stuff. Thanks, Steve. One non-Moon Knight bit of feedback for this episode from Joyce Sozo, who says, I know you have a full podcast load, but I think you guys would do a phenomenal job reviewing the new series, The Man Who Fell to Earth. I was excited months ago when I learned the leads were two of my favorite British actors, Tweedle Ejiofor and Naomi Harris. And with Alex Kurtzman and Lenny LeMay as the creators, writers and producers, I expect an amazing show. Episode one has blown me away. Have a think about it from Joyce. It's really interesting, isn't it? We talked about yeah. uh, this show over on uh, over on Picard because um, uh, Alex, Alex Kurtzman is involved in Star Trek Picard. So we were talking about this this remake of the uh, 1970s um, David Bowie movie. Um, unfortunately, the show's coming out on Showtime, I think it is in the US, and yeah. on Paramount+. Plus. Uh, neither of those channels are available over here. And unfortunately, Paramount+, Plus, I think, even itself isn't coming out here until the end of the year. So um, we'll only see The Man Who Fell to Earth after the full series has come out. So, uh, no. um, so it'll be coming out. We'll see the full thing later on this year. So unfortunately, Joyce, uh, we won't be able to cover it on the podcast, but we are really looking forward to it. Same excitement as you that the cast looks fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Thanks uh, so much, Joyce. Yeah. I'd love to, um, see this uh, as well. I love, uh, Chiswell Ijefo. Um, really love, um, him in Kinky Boots as well as Doctor <laughs> Strange, of course. Um, of course. So, yeah, thanks, Joyce, for, for that suggestion. Thank you so much, Joyce. Yeah, look, I, as much as I, we would all love to do it, it's not here. And we've got a crazy busy schedule coming up. We've still got a finish up card. And don't forget, we also have Doctor Strange, Multiverse <gasps> Madness coming yes, up. We, we have Miss Marvel coming up in June as well. Yeah, which I thought is you forgot be the name of the show there, Chris. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, in big in my heart, it is going to be a fun yeah. romp yep, through so. teenage um superherodom absolutely and that's just marvel we also have um the umbrella academy season three coming up we've got yeah. the boys season three both coming out in june as far as i remember um, yep. on our schedule and as far as i also remember both of my co-hosts are going to be going away for at least <laughs> half of june so uh, yep it's uh, gonna be a fun time um, it's going to be interesting. We'll have to get you a new co-host for whilst we're away. Maybe, maybe. Or we just dial in. It's going to be from around the world. Breaking news. Global news. But yes, thank you so much, Joyce. And please let us know what you think as the season wraps and tell us what you think. And we're looking forward to watching it mm-hmm. when it does launch in Europe later this year. Or yeah. we assume it launches later this year. Yeah, lovely stuff. Thanks, Joyce. And thanks to all the fellow defenders for sending in their feedback, thoughts, Mm -hmm. voicemails, comments, theories. Really great to hear from you. Absolutely, absolutely. We'll talk to you again next week for the finale of Moon Knight and later this week for the penultimate episode of Picard uh, on uh, Prime Video over here. Yes. So thank you so much. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, and all that fun. You can go on over to tvpodcastinterview.com and get all the right links. If you want, don't forget you can support us over on Patreon or buymeacoffee.com slash tvpi. Excellent stuff. Uh, well, thank you, fellow defenders, for joining us. As always, it is massive, massive pleasure uh, chatting all things Moon Knight with you. Mm-hmm. Remember, keep watching, though. keep listening, and keep defending. Can't believe there's only one more week to go. I know. I know. It's be interesting. I, I'm guessing it now. Season two okay. is a coming. I think Midnight Suns. I think we're going to get Moon Knight with Blade. Mm-hmm. 
That's, I think that's, that's the next show. They'll be. they'll introduce Blade on a film and then they'll bring him back both as a show Maybe. for bits of that. But let's see where we get landed in an hour's time next week. Bye. 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 Bye.